0: Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? It may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they ball and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash, succeed or fail, it adds to the tale, Dungeons and Debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Oliver. I'm not ready. (laughs) And Blake.
1: (laughs) I'm Blake, and I play Juliet, the Eldritch Knight slash Wizard Dragonborn.
2: And Hannah.
3: I'm Hannah, and I play Talia, the human rogue.
2: And John. Hey, I run a little dust, monk. And Shane.
4: That's me. I'm Alexander, kind of. Bad at combat, and I'm poor at situational rolls.
0: All right, so this is going to be a special bonus episode of the podcast. Um, we like to do these from time to time um, when our players hit a new level. They are now level five, so we're going to take some time and talk about uh, their characters, the choices they've made. As far as leveling them up, their classes, uh, description, and some background on them. So uh, let's uh, start out with Blake. All
1: right. So, hi, I'm Blake, and I play Juliet, the Eldritch Knight slash wizard dragonborn. Obviously, Juliet's her name, inspired by Shakespeare. In fact, it's the first use of Juliet as a name since recorded history. I'm playing a dragonborn because I always love dragons and. All that stuff fits in just fine. I love the 4th head Dragonborn. In terms of class, I play an Eldritch Knight slash wizard, and that's because I wanted to multiclass into something Juliet really likes with books. She's lawful evil because she was a town guard, but she's pretty brutal when it comes to that. In terms of features that she gets, uh, most of it is actually just kind of spells. The Eldritch Knight gives spells, the wizard class gives spells. Even though she has some fighter levels, They're not super-duper effective, they're kind of a secondary feature, if you will. In terms of feats, I'm a 5th level character, but unfortunately I don't have 4th level in either of those classes, so I don't have a feat to put. Since the Island of Insight, we got a spell book which contained all cantrips and 1st level spells, so... In terms of spells, tons of utility, tons of everything I could need, but I've uh, separated the ones I get from my class, from the ones that are in the book in case I ever lose the book I always picture Juliet you know with armor kind of deal but without armor I guess she'd be probably average looking actually you don't see that a lot with characters that are always got you know huge muscles or huge breasts or whatever I imagine Juliet is just kind of average because well that's the average and it's okay to be like that uh, she she's about six foot two which is a little short for a dragonborn just to emphasize that cerebral character trait she weighs 199 pounds which is kind of similar to a height she's lightweight for a dragonborn personally I don't like to get into the weights because there's that complex play between like a natural physique and the fantasy races how their biology would work <laughs> clothing what she looks like and such i I wanted to add in Alunadas, who's played by Shane, and Juliet are the only two characters with clothes listed in their inventory. So I guess you guys are just wearing armor to your dinner get-togethers and stuff, but...
5: The chafing's unreal.
1: <laughs> so uh, in terms of clothing, I imagine her wearing something of a, a mix of European colors with North African style, very loose clothes, the whole shawl thing. I really like both of those cultures. Um, and I feel like the, co- the color scheme of a European really grounds her, but then you have the North African, which distinguishes her and the whole dragon porn don't fit into shoes thing. So she doesn't have shoes. Uh, the, the traits that I've given her, uh, the first one is I use poly. God damn, I can't even pronounce that.
0: Polysyllabic. Use- <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Words that convey the impression of great erudition. Uh, her ideal is knowledge is the power, the path to power and domination. Her bond is that she works to preserve libraries. And her flaw is unlocking an ancient mystery is worth the price of the civilization. I think that fits in pretty well for Naxos. Equipment, it's all very, very practical. She's got the halberd for that itty bitty t- range advantage. It's really nice just to have that in case. Uh, she's got a longbow, which is worse than her spells, but ever if there's ever a need for spells, not to be used she at least has something she's got a component pouch instead of some kind of magical wand wavy thing because she's got to keep her hands free with the halberd you can just reach into the pox pocket and cast a spell but if you're holding on to a wand or something you have to make sure you put it away or you drop it on the floor and that's just silly uh, her background is sage because she's a bookworm plain and simple honestly <laughs> she originally was on a street gang but she's always been kind of middle class if you will and she was also part of the town guard so she was she was given plenty of time to fight but also plenty of time to read up so in terms of how juliet's changed in the beginning she was i imagined her as this gruff silent type and someone else would really do the talking and negotiation and all that but there is so much indecision in our group so much indecision so she's trying to take a place of a leadership role. It doesn't exactly work all the time, but there is someone there, namely Juliet, to call the shots and do what needs to be done. Uh, this actually, I, and I, I really like this, but Adel has always been a, a more independent type, and he does what he wants that really conflicts with juliet and i think that's going to be a great chance to grow as a character for her like a it's a sort of intelligence versus charisma which one leads best so I expect that to be a, a lot of fun in the future i think that's a great place to play off in terms of characters but yeah she's changed from gruff and silent to more semi emotional and leader I think it's a change for the best because it means we can push the plot along, but we can also interact um, with these power play kind of conflicts within the party.
0: And uh, you've also got a kind of like a daughter figure now, too.
1: Yes, exactly. Because Juliet was on the streets for a time, she definitely had This sort of sympathy for the downtrodden, and even though that kind of conflicts with summoning Brunaxis, and uh, she's shown a little bit of hesitance now with the killing of that wizard's daughter. And meeting Talia, she's never had, uh, Juliet's never had any kids of her own or anything, but she took care of kids on the streets, even when she was more of an adult. So it kind of fills that need for, I guess, parental love. What would you call that?
0: Um, I guess instinct. like a caretaker, yeah, maternalistic or caretaker Motherhood. role.
1: yes, maternal instinct is probably the best description for it, and yeah, that's that's how Juliet um, feels about Talia. It's almost like they're uh, she's her kid, honestly. Aww, I know, right? Isn't that cute?
0: And uh, one thing I don't uh, you didn't cover is uh, what kind of dragonborn are you?
1: Juliet is a red dragonborn. And I just kind of did that because I always liked red dragons, so I kind of wanted to put her in a place and a a race that I could easily understand and play off of more than just a, oh, I'm special because I'm a red dragonborn and that makes me awesome. I, I wanted it to be something that I can be invested in. As a red dragonborn, it gives me options, but it also defines some of her personality traits. I know more dragons tend to be more chaotic evil or whatever for the red ones, but it does give her that ability to be fiery and emotional and angry without, you know, if I had chosen a gold dragon, she'd be probably more on the side of good, and I don't really enjoy doing that when there's a lack of complexity in the group.
0: What do you mean by lack of complexity? (laughs) Explain that.
1: (laughs) Let's face it, uh, some of, some of the characters are, I, I don't want to say basic, because that's not the word I'm looking for, but uh, maybe one or two dimensional it's okay to be, you know, obsessed with martial arts, for instance. But if that's all you do in the game, there's, there's changes that I feel need to be made. Which I expect will happen, because everybody's been role playing more and more which is great
0: I have to say though as a DM it is super easy to motivate you with uh, money it's not like oh there's a town in danger and they need heroes to come in and save them from some sort of goblins coming out of a cave and can you altruistically come in and save this village no none of that shit happens (laughs) Uh, okay, all right. Anything else uh, you want to say about uh, your character?
1: Well, I'm not going to lie. I actually have two pages written about all of these classes and names and race and all this stuff. But uh, beyond that, there's not anything I really want to address beyond that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, what did you uh, pick up at fifth level?
1: Uh, at fifth level? I didn't mention this. You're right. I picked up another level of Wizard, which makes her Eldritch Knight 3 and Wizard level 2. I managed to pick up some level 2 spells, which were great, more uh, crowd control type of stuff to supplement other people. I feel like we, we kind of lack a support class, so Juliet's kind of picking up the slack there. And she also took the abduration specialty, because it fits in really nicely with the whole Eldritch Knight thing. Even though she does damage and whatnot with her halberd and her spells, I feel like abjuration's a more appropriate thing, because it's considered uh, one of the purer types of magic. A study of magic itself, instead of any of its practical uses and such. Oh, and there were a bunch of spells in those spellbooks that we pilfered from the tower. They had a ton of spells, and I have them all written down, but I think going through them would probably be excessive.
0: Yeah, and they're high enough level that you're not going to be using them anytime soon. Exactly. We kind of touched on uh, Talia's character a bit, talking about Juliet. So, uh, Hannah, let's uh, have you go next.
3: Uh, Okay, so Talia is, I think, 11, we decided. Um, I'm not sure she even knows her real true age. Um, Her background is she's uh, an orphan street urchin. For, for more information on her background, listen to the uh, bonus episode, I suppose. But um, basically, she was thrown on the streets after... Well, she escaped to the streets after going to an orphanage. And um, that's kind of really shaped her personality. She is a uh, neutral evil. That is her alignment. She doesn't really... Um, I guess it's it, her, her alignment is, is more based on, on her experiences. The fact that, you know, she was basically tortured at a really young age and it really screwed up her mind her, uh, obviously she's a rogue, um she, uh I just learned it at level 4 or at level 5 as a rogue um, she gets uh, uncanny dodge, which is really cool in terms of what her, what her appearance is she's like 4 foot 4 so pretty small for her age uh, she's maybe all of 65 pounds um, so she actually has gained weight. Uh, she used to probably be. She's probably gained five or six pounds since the, since the group found her, um, just because she's been eating properly, or at least more. Ice cream. <laughs> All of the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> um. And she's missing it desperately. I can. I can. I can tell you that honestly. Uh. But um. She's uh, blonde hair or dark blonde hair, um. Gray blue eyes. Tan ish skin.
0: And you're also human.
3: I am human. I am, I am, will eventually uh, grow up to be full human at probably a height of like 5'3, five, 5'4, five, but that's like 10 years down the, or I guess five years down the road, but she doesn't, you know, she doesn't really look forward that far. She. Normally wears her her leather armor because she likes to be protected all the time. But she does actually uh, Juliet reminded me to add in the inventory. She was actually given a, like made a dress by a tailor, um, even though she really didn't want to wear a dress ever. So she has that for special occasions if she's required to wear it. She tends to one of her one of her weird traits is that she does uh, and I mentioned it a couple of times in a couple of different episodes. She tends to steal blankets whenever she's given the opportunity and try to keep them because she was that was something that she didn't really have a lot of when she was on the streets um and so she likes to have you know comforts that she didn't she wasn't really given uh in the early part of her life one of her flaws is that she's suspicious of literally everyone um at this point i think there's like two people that she trusts In the party, and everyone else is is suspect. Uh, In terms of like equipment and stuff, um, she has her daggers. They're her. She has two of them. She um she really likes them as a weapon because they are they are easy to hide and easy to to sneak around. Um, She also has a, a ring of firebolt that she's used a couple of charges on already. And how she's changed during the, from uh, since the beginning, since she joined the party, uh, she has gotten a lot more comfortable with the concept of sleeping in a bed, um, with the concept of of you know being around people that maybe she can't trust, but she can it, like not completely, but trust enough to not kill her in her sleep, which is awesome. Other than that, she. But that's basically that's basically Talia. She's an 11 year old girl who really got screwed up by her her childhood and is uh, working through some stuff.
0: Uh, talk a little bit about uh, your relationship uh, with the uh, people in the group.
3: Um. So she obviously really trusts Juliet. She sees her as kind of a mother figure, the the mom that she, you know, that replaced the one that she lost when she was three, and then the other one that she lost when th- when she was three she was taught to read and and write by by Juliet, which was awesome. Um, Something that she never thought she'd be able to do. So, like, that's very much a a mother-child relationship with the two of them. Alunidas, she kind of sees as a father, kind of sees as her muscle when she needs it. Um, It's a little... He's like the only other person that she trusts because he went on a on a heist with her and that that's a bonding experience that is really hard to replicate. Adel, he kind of disappeared right after like he went off to do his own, uh, thing right after, um, not right after she joined the party, but shortly after she joined the party. Uh, and so she doesn't really know him, obviously doesn't trust him because she's suspicious of everyone and, uh, kind of, Wonders why he does some of the things he does, but obviously she doesn't know him very well, so she doesn't she doesn't quite know yet why he is like that. Um, and then Alexander uh, again doesn't really know him super well; hasn't had a whole lot of uh, experience. Um, I think was Alexander the one? No, Adel was the one that said that that they should kill her. Another reason she doesn't trust him. And Alexander, she, again, just doesn't really know. Hasn't really spent a whole lot of time around him and doesn't have a reason to trust him yet. That's kind of like the two biggest influences on her were uh, Alunidas and and Juliet.
0: Alright. Anything else uh, you want to talk about?
3: Um, nothing (laughs) besides ice cream and her love, her definite love of ice cream. No, um, I can't really think of, of anything else. Like she, uh, she has a huge background story, but, um, I don't feel like we need to go into that. Oh, she, uh, she did pick up arcane, um, she's a rogue that pick up, picked up arcane tricksters, so she does have some spells and stuff like that to, uh, help her with her tricksterishness. She actually, um, when she leveled up, switched out mage armor, since I was totally using that wrong and I didn't read it correctly, um, for Fog Cloud, which is pretty cool.
0: And, uh, what other spells do you have?
3: Mage hand, which as a rogue I can use to either put something in uh, in someone's pocket or take something out of some well not pocket. Um, it says like a, a thing that is on them, like a pouch or something that is on them or that they're carrying. I can put something in there or take something out, hopefully without them noticing, but without being you know right there. And then also I can pick uh, I can pick locks with my mage hand um, because I am a rogue. That is something that I get to do. Um, minor illusion. Obviously, I can uh, create uh, a sound or an image, all that fun stuff, which is good for a um, distraction. Uh, poison Spray, which is um, useful against things that aren't, uh, aren't immune to poison, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I don't think you've used that successfully yet.
3: <laughs> Not a single time. Um, Charm Person, which again, I haven't had a chance to use. I can Disguise Self, which is really cool. Uh, and something I plan on using in the future for when we need to do, uh, you know, heists where we might, our faces might be seen, then, you know, I can totally make myself not look like me. Um, Illusory script, which again, I haven't had a chance to use. uh, I can write notes that um, only people I determine that I choose can read it, which is really cool. Uh, And something that, again, I plan on using in the future if we need to send notes to one another without someone being able to tell what they say.
0: Yep, that's actually pretty handy.
3: And uh, that's, I mean, besides the fog cloud, like I said, which uh, I can create a 20-foot radius sphere of fog, which is really cool, um, and can be used to hide myself uh, when I'm sneaking around doing roguey things.
0: All right. So, John, let's talk about
2: a lunardas, elven monk. All right, um, he was raised in a monastery way out in the woods, uh, dedicated to ruin. So he's neutral evil, but thinks of himself as the good guy because you know he's he's rescuing a trapped mother. Um, doesn't really have social skills because you know raised in the woods by monks dedicated to an evil dragon, but you know he, he's learning. He's picking it up. And now he's got himself a horse and a cart. So he's kind of like an evil, skinny friar tuck with no beer. (laughs) Uh, Talk about the name of your cart. Okay, of course, the horse is named Buttercup. Uh, The cart is the mighty wind of destiny that brings change. (laughs) It has badass flames painted on the side and a spoiler on the back.
3: (laughs) Nice. Downforce is important.
2: Otherwise, it might get, you know, like lift off the ground. So he's kind of uh got like uh nutty brown skin and I uh, decided auburn hair with you know shaved on the sides. He does not really trust um what's her name, Juliet or Alexander all that much because you know they joined the cult as adults by you know betraying and killing two people. Totally never gonna forgive you guys for that. Um <laughs> I feel like that's a
0: little meta was-
2: <laughs> Well, I mean, they made the mistake of telling him about that. He's really cool with Talia, though. She's, uh, you know, she, you know, a kid. And he's learning to be more the uh, weird uncle than father figure, I think.
3: That's a good he way of putting
2: her. it. Yes. <laughs> um, as for Adel, no idea what's <laughs> <is> in relationship. Because, <laughs> I mean, Adel is dedicated to the thing, but he, he's kind of a loose cannon, you know you am going to need your
0: gun and badge, Adel. You're a loose cannon. <laughs> I get results,
5: and you know
2: it!
0: <laughs> you destroyed a half a city block and caused $2 million in damage and the m- mayor's up my ass. But did I get him?
2: <laughs> that fruit cart was in violation. It didn't have a permit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um... And at level five uh, he now gets two attacks per pern- turn so he is Mr. Punchy. Punch, punch, punch all over the place. Especially since his fists uh, went up a level and now do D6 base damage. So he's going to be running in and just punching the hell out of people. So what's the maximum amount
0: of attacks you can do around now?
2: Um, if he lands uh, one... But- Well, either of his uh, main attacks, he can do Flurry of Blows for another two, which gives him four, um, which would make 4d6, each one plus four damage. So a max of 4d6 plus 16 uh, would be 40 possible damage per round, if he was willing to spend a cheap point for that Flurry of Blows. (laughs) Nice. He also gained, at level five, Stunning Strike um, once per turn on a hit, he can spend a Chi point to stun, Khan to save, until the end of his next turn. So that, plus the ability to use um, Flurry of Blows to uh, push people around, knock them down, things like that. He is, uh, has the ability to uh, manipulate the battlefield. No feats for this guy, not yet. I've been looking those over. I haven't decided yet. As for clothing, he pretty much just wears his you know, green robes embroidered in gold. Good job on the uh, 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 picture for that, by the way. Looks really good. Oh, thanks. His traits and flaws. Um, he, he's quiet, reserved, you know, but um, he's, he's kind of awkward. Uh, and, you know, he, he's willing to let, you know, evil people in his cult murder a child without getting too upset about it. Which is the sort of thing that can potentially cause conflict with Juliet, who did get upset about that.
5: What a buzzkill.
2: <laughs> you call yourself evil
5: You call yourself evil I was
0: born into it You merely adopted it
2: <laughs> I was, You were molded by it You're Fucking suburbanite you know, Doing evil for cool Doing evil on the weekends With the other soccer moms <laughs> Next thing you know, she's going to be trying to get Julie or Talia into you know a knitting group or something. No, it'll be the evil brownies.
3: (laughs) Uh, At eleven, she'd be a junior. (laughs) junior. Just saying. Sorry. Go on.
0: She'll be a cobra scout. Well,
3: yes.
2: (laughs) Cobra Kai. (laughs) All right. Uh, let's see, his flaws. he's, you know, kind of arrogant. is you know, punchy, quiet guy, uh, quick to anger. That hasn't really showed up so much. I might have to take that off unless I actually start playing it. Uh, but ignorant and distrustful of cities. He, he doesn't really think anyone in cities is worth much. And, you know, learning anything about Talia's backstory would probably back that up for him. And meeting Juliet certainly has. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
0: See, this is one thing that I I think it's good to talk. Like, we haven't really fleshed this out in any episode. And really, this is the first that we've talked about. It is what kind of relationships any of these characters have or feelings or thoughts they have about anybody else, which I think would probably be good for roleplay.
2: As for equipment, um, he has a quarterstaff, but now that uh, his fists are equal to his quarterstaff, he probably won't use it quite so much unless maybe want to throw in some flavor. And I think that covers it, all the... Oh, well, he has magic equipment. I forgot about that. Let's see, he has a Ring of Breathing, which has only showed up once or twice for flavor. Um, he has his magic robes, which give him plus one to AC, plus one to initiative, plus one to dexterity. Um, his magic brooch, which improves his wisdom and charisma. He has a lot of money. He has no idea what to do anything with, except buying a cart and a puppy. Uh, Talia, and that does yet for his equipment. Oh,
0: by the way, like, what's your first and last name, and what does it mean? I don't know if we've talked about
2: that. Alunardas Um It's Portuguese. When you put the spaces in the appropriate places, it means "student of the claws of ruin." Dang. But you know, just Alunadas is good enough.
0: So, uh, Shane, tell me uh, about Alexander.
4: Alexander is a... Give me a second, I just need to fucking... I lost myself into my screen. I'm losing where I'm at. What's going on? Yeah, he's a human bard. He is a... Oh, a multi-class end wizard for the last two levels, including the one that we just went through. Um, his alignment is neutral evil. He's not necessarily seeking out to do evil things. But given a choice, he will... More likely than not, choose the evil option. It just depends on which one's more beneficial to him. Uh, he is about six foot one or so, two hundred pounds, world championship title wielder. Uh, not necessarily like the best looking guy. A couple scars from altercations growing up and stuff like that. Uh, blonde hair, green eyes, more of a uh, a leanerish beard build. So, my step as a bard, I got three levels into bard, which gave me jack-of-all-trades, which is a big stat boost for the most part. Um, And then, by by going to the wizard college, or whatever it is, the magic school, I progressed as a wizard and picked up a level one or two in there. Say again? I said the Isle of Insight. Yeah. I'm always terrible with names. So in my wizard specifications, I have uh, picked up some of the cantrips and stuff like that, which naturally come with it. Uh, by picking up level 2, I was able to pick my Arcane Tradition, which helps me specialize in a certain type of magic, uh, and as I progress through the levels, it'll give me bonus spells or abilities. Then I chose to go into the School of Illusion to help uh to facilitate my manipulation of people and people's understandings of what's going on. And by doing this I got a a free cantrip minor illusion, which uh, I get bonus effects on due to being in the school of illusion. And I can copy illusion spells faster. And by leveling up to level 2 as a wizard, I have 5 pretty much magic levels in total. So I get two level three slots, which I ended up getting lightning bolt and major illusion for my two level three slots, uh, going up to level five.
0: What's a major illusion do.
4: So it takes one action to do. And what it pretty much does is that it, uh, uh, let me see what the area of effect is, but it's just like, you can make a pretty much an illusion of anything you want. Um, and people will perceive it as real. Just let me grab it here. So I create an object, creature, or some sort of visible, visible phenomenon uh, that's no longer than a 20-foot cube. It uh, appears in a spot that I can see. I have to see where it's at for it to be there. seems completely real. It imitates the sound spells, temperatures, and stuff, but it can't, like, do those extremes, such as, like, burning people or disgusting people by, like, a stench or, like, dealing thunder damage from the liquid thunderbolts or something. And as long as I'm within the range of illusion, I can also use my actions to cause the image to move further or manipulate it.
0: Very cool. That should be useful. Yep. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, who Alexander is.
4: So Alexander grew up uh, pretty impoverished. His parents were gambling addicts Um, Whenever he was about, I'd say, seven or eight, his parents uh, fell through on paying back some of the loan sharks that were going after him, which caused the debt collectors to go after them. Um, And during this time period, he got separated from his parents. His parents ran away and he was forced to run his way as well, since they were coming after him as well as a sort of a quote unquote payment. And so while traveling and running away, he picked up a couple of sleight of hand tricks, learned how to talk to people, uh, picked up a instrument or two to try and get some food while traveling and make ends meet. Then after that, he learned some more instruments, started to get more proficient in talking to people, uh, figuring out things, learning how to travel. And that's when he met up with his original party where we started.
0: Talk a little bit uh, about your uh, decision to uh, go to the dark side, as it were.
4: Uh, It just made sense into the progression because he, one of his biggest uh, traits, is just like his will to survive. Like it doesn't necessarily matter what he does; he's he's not gonna be the one on the bottom of a situation. Like uh, whenever he had the altercation with the rest of the party the first time it wasn't because he had like necessarily a moral belief of uh going with what he was doing it was just that was the most beneficial for him
0: gotcha so uh talk a little bit about your uh, traits and flaws
4: uh traits would probably be his uh not necessarily obsession with money but his uh his want to be uh abolish of poverty it's not, not one of his uh, the best times that he likes to remember. Uh, he doesn't like being disadvantaged in a situation or being uh, cornered due to either political power or just actual power. Uh, his flaws are that he's too ambitious sometimes and that whenever he's trying to come out on top, he's going farther than he probably should, which could lead to him uh, being burned
0: talk a little bit about like uh what equipment you have and what you're carrying
4: uh right now i have i believe just regular leather armor i want to say let me double check Yeah, studded leather armor i have a couple instruments with me including like a bagpipes and a loot um i have a silver longsword by the name of Dawn Singer. uh hand crossbow and just various other things like uh, a healer's kit, rations, water skin, stuff like that.
0: I think you've uh, forgotten one uh, important plot item that's been giving you some uh, trouble recently.
4: Oh yeah, the dagger, magic dagger that I've been having.
0: Yeah. So what's what's your what's your thoughts on that dagger? What do you think's going on?
4: Uh, possibly a wizard or some Somebody implanted uh, either their will or some sort of manipulation on it to affect the wielder which is carrying on to me. All right, or it's just like a Voldemort fucking uh, core crux.
0: Well, maybe we'll find out,
5: Oliver. Talk about Adel. I recently got an extra attack. I decided to take the grappler feat because I really like grabbing people. Plus, with that extra attack, I'll be able to grab somebody and then smack them, which is always fun. Uh, I might also be able to uh, grab other uh, larger creatures. I might be able to wrestle a troll eventually, which would be quite fun. Um, I got four new spells. I got some... I also got some uh, new spell slots as well. I got some uh, level 2 spell slots, and I went with Zone of Truth and Magic Weapon. Uh, Let's see. What else did I do? As far as just base upgrades, that's pretty much it. And as far as where I want to take the character, I was thinking having him open up a little bit, or... Him being finding more fears for him because I just find that hilarious. I love it when characters have like really bizarre flaws. Oh yeah, he'll fight he'll fight a giant troll and dragon, but you show him a house fire, he'll be bawling. He will be head over heels running away. Always just found that kind of thing interesting. Because I feel like adventurers would be kind of crazy and they'd have a lot of weird superstitions. Yeah, we're gonna go uh we're gonna go into this uh, other guy's house. We're gonna murder him and all his friends and then take his stuff.
1: That sounds familiar.
5: Yeah, it's pretty much what Vikings and colonists did.
1: I meant in terms of the game,
5: but. Hmm. Yes, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> I believe when we last left off, we we uh, beat beat the shit out of a a wizard and his family, and then I set up a chokehold, I believe, which was pretty fun. Um, uh, so
0: uh, talk about your your race and class and alignment. Okay, so Edo Belmont is a,
5: uh, a half dwarf. He is the bastard of his family, and they all hate him for it. Uh, he's not really accepted in the dwarven community or the human communities that he's been to, which has been a lot of fun for him. <laughs> And it's made him cynical and mean. As far as his alignment, he is lawful evil. He has his own rules. Uh, and hes he, they're usually quite selfish. He is 5'11 and 240 pounds. He, uh, he has a very good sword and a brand new helmet that has a, I believe, a chainmail face cover? Yep. Uh, let's see. What else? Hmm. I, I would like to... Did I already talk about where I want to take the character?
1: You said you wanted him to be more... Uh...
2: Superstitious.
5: Superstitious. I would, yeah, I would say more like paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as appearance, he's in very uh, large armor. Uh, what was it? S- splint mill? Yeah, splint mail, That's what it was. Uh, he occasionally practices shield when necessary. And let's... I have a whip, but I kind of gave up on that, to be perfectly honest.
0: Talk a little uh, bit about uh, being a, uh, a paladin—what you can do and uh, what uh, fighting style you chose. I went with defensive
5: at like third level because I just like the extra AC is really nice, especially when you get like higher up in armor. Uh, so, like, let's say you—let's say eventually I'll probably get some plate mail. I'll have a 19 armor just by standing and then a i'll have a 21 with a shield
0: and actually that'll be 22 with shield of faith right
5: i yeah i believe so well wait 22 no it would be like 23
0: oh yeah because it gives you a plus two correct 23 is not too
5: shabby it is not too shabby at all it's nothing to shake a stick at either Uh, I went with Zone of Truth because I think that'll be really fun. I'll never tell you. All right, what you want to (laughs) know? He can be... Edo can be very erratic and the such. Uh, He can be very violent. He's not excited about his current position. He's currently a Hellsworn Paladin, which is pretty much hellish powers to deal to help you out. In exchange for that... You get a branded contract Or something similar like that Some get a forked tongue Or their eyes change color And they might have little bumps on their forehead Little tiny stubby horns Um, let's see Those start showing up like at later levels There, right? I think so, no I believe you like It's got a table of which one you can pick Like I already ha- I have a the con- My original contract branded into my forearm So that's pretty dope I got calm emotions. I also got dark vision, which does dark vision stack? No. Well. Oh well, uh, what's her name's human, so I could just like give her dark vision in case we're on a, like a stealth mission of some kind.
2: So is Alexander.
5: Yes.
3: I keep saying what's her name.
5: Yeah, I, I barely know any of your characters' names. Because Adel is a selfish asshole. asshole
0: So do you play that game of like You see him around and you're like hey my name's Adel Like the the introduction power play Like you don't know their name Oh no
5: no when I No he's just like what's your name again I forget because you're so Worthless to me (laughs) I would also like to buy some Ball bearings for fun And some oil I think that'd be really fun Okay Just like soaking a floor And Oil covered ball bearings and then Setting it ablaze and they can't get up Or get out
0: And then you freak
5: out and run away No no Adel's definitely not afraid of fire <laughs> That is not one of his fears
0: So I was going to ask you about your la- Relationship with other characters But I, I guess you've kind of spelled it out That you just don't care about any of them
5: Uh he's starting to come around But he's very slow To trust and to like somebody his, his shitty relationship with the rest of his family and everyone else. So it's kind of turned him into a very cynical, mean person who hates elevators, terrified of them.
0: So I think that's going to do it for this episode.
3: Since, since at least one person has mentioned their horse, I believe the Lunadas, Buttercup. Perhaps, or yeah. Uh, um, perhaps we should all, since we all have horses, go around and mention what they look like and what their names are and that kind of thing since it's kind of part of our character now?
1: Sure, start. Um,
3: my, my, uh, I actually have a war pony named, um, Estelle and a, uh, uh, she is, um, dapple gray and then a puppy named Abbott who is, um, a medium-haired, all-black, uh, mastiff pup. Blake? Uh, Yes.
1: Uh so Juliet rides astride a large riding horse. She's not interested in combat or anything, it's more a tool to use to move around. Juliet has named him Kovac after her dear, dear father. Not a bad guy. Just wanted to remind herself of home. Beyond that, I have no idea what kind of patterns cor- horses have in terms of color or anything else about horses to, for that matter.
5: Make it a chance to a to horse camp once. Did they train you to that? Be a
0: horse? No, that'd be way better actually. Did you <laughs> did you eat horses like you do at a fish camp?
5: <laughs> I would. I'd be down for that.
0: Buffing everything. Adel, uh, what's your horse? I believe I named it Charcoal or something crazy like that. Chimney, I thought it was. Ch- I thought it was. Tra- I can't. Remember. Charcoal was the color of the horse. Ah.
5: Uh, uh. Well, I'm probably gonna ride it to death, or. Leave it somewhere <laughs> I mean, Yeah that's how
0: you're all going to Lose your horses is you're you're Going to do something and you're going to be Transported somewhere or you're going to do Yeah something. we're going to go like
5: across the world And be like hope our horses Aren't dead
0: <laughs> And it's like been three months and they're still Tied to a tree somewhere out side of like a cave or a fortress
5: Yeah they're like eating each other <laughs> All the, uh, all the grass around them has just been like torn up by the roots. There's just like this huge, this like massive, like eight foot radius (laughs) of like dead grass. And they're starving
0: to death. You're enjoying this way too much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Apocalypse podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us new episodes come out every Monday so make sure to check your podcast app do you have an idea to make the podcast better tell us about it on twitter or facebook you can also check out our website to see all the maps lore and characters at dungeonsanddebaclespodcast.com and now a word from our fantasy sponsor fantasy hack and slash, we do the math adventuring is hard work as you're entering the lair of a dragon you can't afford to be spending a second thought about whether your taxes are paid up on your keep or if your monthly payment on your horse has been taken care of i'm Terrell silversmith of silversmith silversmith and stone certified fantasy accountants and we could take the grudgery of paying your taxes and bills off your mind for a modest fee we can make sure your mundane financial responsibilities are taken care of so you can concentrate on what really matters, saving villages and slaying monsters. We also take care of wills and estates if one of your party members should happen to fall. We can also handle insurance claims for accidental death and dismemberment. Give yourself peace of mind knowing that trained professionals have your back. Silversmith, Silversmith, and Stonegut can handle all your financial needs. Fantasy account and uh Oliver, did you level your character up?
5: Uh no, I was busy prepping for uh
0: tomorrow. Okay, that's kinda what this episode is. <laughs> okay. I don't really I'm probably just grabbing. So key. you're
2: gonna have another recording session with Oliver tonight, another one with Shane tomorrow? What? <laughs> I guess, and somebody didn't
0: come with their homework per, done.
5: Sorry, right. I was learning fucking Hebrew. <laughs> Ouch!
0: And you do done Hebrew, that, by, but before you were thirteen.
5: Uh, yeah, probably, but that shit's expensive, and we're poor, so. I am poor. Plus, if I do it when I'm 21, I'll get fucking
0: shit faced. So uh, let's uh, start out with Blake.
1: All right. Uh, what do you what do you want me to talk about? I'll put this in the bloopers. I, I have everything
0: <laughs> ready, but <laughs> <laughs> that a little crazy. is that a tabaxi?
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, my my cat Octavia just jumped up and she likes to uh, squeak at me. Um, I apologize.
2: <laughs> so much for that cat bed.
3: Well, that's that's she just topped up in the cat bed. Actually, it's right by my right by my laptop. Um. But I was talking, and clearly to no one. So she <laughs> wanted to talk to me to make me feel like I wasn't talking to myself. I guess I don't know. And Adel. Yeet.
5: <laughs> what you need?
3: Oh no! Just pointing out that uh, that's something exactly what Adel would say.
2: <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> yeah. Yadel. Ye- <laughs> <Yeetle. laughs> Uh, that explains why he's evil. He got made fun of their, his name. He got called Gatel for, you know, 50 years.
5: Gatel. I made a little Gatel. I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, oh okay Gatel, I shall play.
1: My goodness, this is going off the rails fast. This is like our normal Eat episode.
5: My <laughs> whip the damage. Someone's got to spice up this snore fest.
0: So, is there anything else you want to say about Adel? Um
5: I would like to find a weird soft side for Adel as well. I think that'd be really fun to do. Just like he really likes like a weird animal.
3: How he about, loves uh, parrots. How about or pup- something?
0: How about puppies? That would give you a tie in with uh having some sort of relationship with Talia.
3: Yeah,
5: I could probably. I mean, I can't I can't think of a person who hates dogs.
1: Well, you're about to meet one because I hate dogs.
0: I'm not the biggest fan of them myself either.
1: They're
5: very useful, though. I'm a
0: cat person.
5: They've been helping humans. Dogs me. are
0: smelly and stupid.
5: Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Have they been. I'm pretty sure they helped your ancestors out of the dirty caves they should have stayed in.
2: Nope, that was cats.
5: Bullshit!
2: Cats are a farmer's best friend, they eat the things that want to eat his crops.
5: So do hawks, and they're a lot cooler
3: last time you know, Hawks will also eat your chickens and
5: soul cats i've on. seen a I've seen a small cat take down a massive like uh rooster dogs will eat chickens too yeah it's almost like natural predators it's crazy <laughs> how like chickens are a prey animal I don't get it all right maybe chicken tastes good I don't know i I'm, I'm I'm talking crazy now i'm I have a very dark sense of humor psycho
3: you don't say.
5: Fuck all y'all, then damn. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stab you. We noticed.
3: I believe you.
5: I hope not. You gotta give me a pretty good reason to stab you. Alright, on
0: that note. (laughs) Put that in the (laughs) bloopers.
2: Oh, I I should add Buttercup is a big old male cart horse. Kind of shaggy.
5: is Is he male downstairs, if you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I think that's the definition of male.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I worked at a ranch and then uh, I went to a fucking parted horse camp to where my parents were paying her for me to pretty much do fucking labor and pick up shit. I was like, this is awful. She hasn't taught me any fucking thing about horses. I'm just a ranch hand at this point. That sucks. It did. It really did. I was really pissed off about that, too trying
0: to fucking pull the wool over my eyes the music you heard on this episode was the long road ahead lord of the land rights minstrel guild serpentine trek and village consort by kevin mcleod at incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0